You're listening to the Sewing and Grown podcast and radio show with Jay and Jay. Good morning, good day, good evening, whatever time of day it is. I hope that it's good. And I know we're having a good time here. It's John and John or Jay and Jay back with another podcast. We really in hope. We really in hope. We are in, in hope. hope. In hope, we believe that you have enjoyed this long list, this string of guests that we have put on the podcast. And they're all from our church, ladies and gentlemen. Mm -hmm. It's so awesome. I just love, I said this last podcast, the gifts, the talents, the stories that are always just right underneath your nose. You know what I'm saying? You don't have to travel far to hear a good story. You don't have to travel far to get some good insight. Talk to some people in the church. Talk to the talk to your neighbors. I mean, we're always wanting to go to some big conference to hear something, which is fine, which is good. But sometimes the most valuable lessons you can learn from your next door neighbor, yeah, maybe from it, your grandpa, from the fellow person in the church, maybe the All person right? behind you. There's no one behind me right now. I was talking about in church. I literally oh. had a picture of the pews. We don't have pews. We don't have pews. Green chairs. Green chairs that are hooked together like a pew. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. <laughs> Which uh, I will say, they're usually unhooked in the youth section because they get a little rowdy. Youth get a little okay. rowdy. We love the energy <laughs> of the youth with the wisdom of the old. That's why we need generational synergy. Ooh, Because wow. you don't want to lose out on energy and you definitely want to combine knowledge with zeal. Knowledge with zeal. I like to call it zolage. <laughs> <laughs> or Neil. And if you're really knowledgeable about animals, at zoology, which almost sounds kind of like... Zoology or zoology? I actually think it's pronounced zoal zoology. Zoe. It's not zoology. You want to know what zoology is? That's knowledge of the God kind of life. Come, Come on. on. <laughs> so if you're not knowing what we're talking about, the Greek word for the God kind of life is zoe. Zoe, yeah. And uh, so... We don't have a guest on this week. No. But that's okay. But hey, we are open doors for you to come to us. And first off, let us know what you'd like us to talk about on the podcast. Yeah. Maybe you're thinking, man, I hope they're going to talk about it every Monday when this podcast drops. You're just waiting for us to touch on that subject and you're slightly let down because we didn't talk about it. Guess what? We are not unapproachable. You can approach us on a Sunday. You can find yep. us on social media. Let us know what you'd like to hear. Yeah, that would be awesome. We like to think we know what you want to hear, but sometimes we're uh, throwing spaghetti at a wall and hoping it sticks. That's true. Yeah. And also you may go, all right, so I have a subject you I want you to talk about, but I was talking to this person in the church and they've got a great testimony. They've got great knowledge in an area. Maybe talk on. to us about yeah. having them on the podcast. So listen, we want to show how great the body of Christ is and how many different people are here with great things to share because I believe God's put something in everyone, and I know you're mm. thinking it right now, not me. Not me. I'm just listening. Yes, I'm driving you. a Honda Accord from 1994. It's probably still running. That's a, that's a reliable I'm, car. I'm a Honda guy now. I want to get yeah, a Honda are. shirt. But anyways, Honda. you have something that God's put in you. You may or Sorry. may not be on this podcast, but God has something for you for people around you. And that's mm. often going to come out through communication. So yes, we're going to talk is. about how to communicate a little bit better. We're not pros. No, we stutter and stumble a lot. If you watch the announcements, it's pretty evident. It is. Well, I guess technically we might be professionals because part of our payment comes out of communicating. <laughs> yeah, I actually am a professional speaker. <laughs> oh, man. 
First off, in your communication, you should be credible. (laughs) We lost a little credibility and say we're not professionals. But what we're saying is we're not thinking of ourselves Mm -hmm. more highly than we ought to. But we're going to talk about it. We don't have it all figured out. We don't have it all figured out. Two-part series, though. Yes. We're going to have two episodes, this being the first, the next one being the second, on communication. And my favorite form of communication is really what I'm going to bring to the table, which is storytelling. Storytelling. So... What are we calling this podcast? I want to call it this, Grandpas and Great Orators, because grandpas love to tell stories and great orators communicate greatly. And I think stories are the... The bridge. The bridge between the The thread two. that connects them. Yeah. So there's key principles in public speaking and in storytelling that you want to hit upon to impact, engage the listener. Because at the end of the day, whether you're telling a story... Or just talking to someone, having conversation, you want that person to left to leave impacted and be impacted by them. You want them to remember, and you want to remember what they said. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. And that's exactly it. If you were to ask me why stories, why is that the thing that you're so passionate about, John? I think it's because that's what I normally remember. If I look back at my whole time of New Creation Church, if I remember certain points, it's normally because they were connected to a story. Mm. Uh, I'll just talk about Pastor Mark. Pastor Mark has told many stories in the over 10 years that I've attended this church, and some of them stand out, and maybe you remember some of these, especially if you were in Bible school. He told one story about how there's the sound of faith, and he thought of an elk and an elk bugle and how it's so strong and victorious. I can think of him telling that story. Mm-hmm. Another time was when he talked about being filled with the Holy Spirit. And if you read an old King James version of the upper room story of the disciples all being together, when the Holy Spirit came in the room, it says, tongues as of cloven fire were on each of them. And it, he said, it's, you think it's like a big lighter. lighter. But he said one time he was standing on the deck watching a forest fire and he saw saw a pinion pine explode with flame. And the Holy Spirit spoke to him and said, that's what it's like being filled with the Holy Spirit. And here's one more story. Uh, I wasn't here, but Pastor Mark shared this story (laughs) of preaching and teaching on wolves in sheep's clothing. Yeah. And there was a guy in the second row who stood up and said, what if the wolf is the pastor? Whew. And what did Pastor Mark say? He said, not this pastor. Right. Or something said, along those he lines. He said, you know, it kind of took him off guard, but the Holy Spirit just came in and said, yeah. uh, I can't tell you about all the instances, but I can tell you this pastor is not a wolf. Mm. Any stories that you remember from Pastor Mark? Yeah. Um, I remember a story about him. I think he was in a hotel room and there was a little, um, you know, the little coffee maker they have in the, in the hotel room, which is always just... Pfft. So, but if you're in a pinch, you got to use it, right? <laughs> so he was uh, using it. He filled it up and he filled it up with water and he actually spilt some on the top and it was like kind of pooling up. And he remembers looking at it and the Holy Spirit told him, you need to clean that up. Um, you know, otherwise it's going to spill. It's seemingly insignificant, right? Who cares if water spills? But it was him learning to listen to the voice of the Spirit. And eventually he looked over and it, it spilled right off. And, and the Holy Spirit talked to him. He's like, you know, I'm trying to get you to listen to me. Mm-hmm. He's like, this was not important, but if you can't listen to me in this, how can you listen to me in the bigger things? Which reminds me of another story he told, which was um, he was in Sayre Park in Glenwood. And there was a, a man sitting at a, a park bench, which he, he, you know, 
seemed a little rough around the edges, like unapproachable. And God told him to go up and share Jesus with him. But Pastor Mark was kind of scared and he didn't want to. And he was playing basketball. He ended up leaving and not talking to the guy. But uh, he got in the car and Pastor Tasha says, you're supposed to go talk to that dude. So God spoke to Pastor Mark. He didn't listen. So he spoke to Pastor Tasha, which she talked to him and he ended up listening. Anyways, they went back to the guy talked to him and that guy said, Hey, I was questioning if God was real. And I said, God, if you're real, send someone to me. So and he sat at the park bench waiting for someone to come up. So they actually got that dude saved. They brought him over to their house, ministered to him. What an amazing story, but it was tied to a valuable lesson or a valuable point, which I'll say this, um, when it comes to storytelling, um, I think it's always a good rule of thumb. And this isn't me saying this, this is actually a point I got from a public speaker named Isaac Sirwanda. I think that's his name, but he said this, uh, never tell a story without making a point and try not to make a point without telling a story because it's so important. It's very memorable. It's, it's lasting. You know, Pastor Mark has told these stories years and years ago, but we still remember, we don't just remember the story, we remember the lesson that was attached to the story. Right, like the bugle story from the elk who speaks of the voice of faith, the tree consumed by fire was all about being filled with the Holy Spirit. There are biblical points in these stories. And I think the main reason why stories are so powerful is because it takes it from the principle of the Bible to it actually being applied in our lives, experienced in our lives. And that point of connection really gives validity to what we're saying because we've actually lived it. And to a degree, we're in the process of experiencing it in our lives. And it ultimately speaks of testimony because if we're telling Christian stories or what Christ is doing in our lives, there's stories of how God is good and what he's doing in our lives. And it shows that it's real. And here's an interesting point that you might uh, not know about the Bible. 75% of the Bible is in story format, and there's another 15% that is in poetry format. I'm That's not, a whole lot. I'm like, not a scholar, but it's a whole I lot know, like 90%. I know that one number is bigger than the other. Now, <laughs> somebody might go, well, what about the New Testament? There's not a ton of stories. Well, a lot of the New Testament, especially Paul's letters, were letters in response to to questions that people had. If somebody asked me a question and then I went off and told a different story or told a story, it wouldn't necessarily fit. But we can see that God likes teaching us through story format. And if we're going to be like our father, I think stories are going to come into play to some degree. I agree. And I just want to say this. Let's think about our headstones. <laughs> I know that Head, headstone. Oh, grave? at your grave. Like your grave. Yes. yes, sir. What are people going to say about me? I want them to say a lot of great things. Like I'm a man of character. I was consistent. I love God. But if somebody said he's a great, he was a great storyteller. I'm not going to lie. That would make me feel really <laughs> good. I want to be that awesome grandpa in a rocking chair who says to, "Hey, sunny grandkid, come sit on my yeah. knee and tell amazing stories." Yeah. And the kids don't want to be on the iPhone. They want to hear stories from grandpa. Come on, that's what the, that's what I want him to say about Grandpa John. Grandpa John. So I want to talk about this. Uh, what is it? The basics to a great story, whether it's a story of yourself for yourself. Or somebody else's story. First off, I think that story needs to resonate with you. Okay. And do you like the ending? Because ultimately that's going to be the punchline. So uh, you might go, well, if I like the story, is somebody else going to like the story? I think for the most part, people agree upon a great story. Uh, that's, that's it. So first off, is that story going to resonate with you? And can you find a good resolution 
to that story. I feel like people have a pressure with stories that they don't need to have, and that's to memorize the mm. story. Like, okay, how am I going to tell the story exactly right? But there's a lot of drawbacks to memorizing. First off, you might get a killer, awesome story if you know every single word and you've practiced it behind a mirror and you you just announce every single syllable to the perfect degree with the right intonation. But here are some problems with that. You're limited with flexibility. If anything goes awry, you might yeah. forget the rest of the story. <laughs> or if you notice that you said a different word than what you wanted to say, you'll throw you off yeah. and you won't know what to do. Um, here's another one. It distracts from people focus because you're so focused on saying the specific Reciting word it. you need to say, you're not looking at the people in the audience or who you're telling the story to. And listen, if we're going to tell godly stories, the main thing isn't necessarily the words that we're saying. It's the impact it's having in the people around us. So if I'm telling a story about the Holy Spirit and I get on one part about how I'm ministering to somebody and I see that people are really drawing upon it, if I'm not focused on memorizing the exact same points, I know the message is important. I might spend a little bit more time on what people are drawing upon and it allows it to be focused on people. And this one may not make sense to you, but it makes you more copyable. If I stand up here and I have every single thing memorized, no one's going to get there and go, wow, I think I can do that. Like, I think <laughs> I could tell a story. I want the way I communicate stories, somebody to go, I can tell stories from my life. If there's not something that goes, I can do what John's doing, then I don't think I'm doing a good job because if I'm a good leader, I should be replicating how this is done. So first off, take that pressure off of having to memorize a full story. Mm. I agree with that. But I also, I, when, you know, in part two, we'll probably get to this. I kind of like memorizing certain things, but I, I like the points that you said, you know, especially about it limits flexibility because um, we always have an idea of how it's going to go in our head and then something happens or you forget. I mean, I sometimes at church, I'll skip over a whole page of notes on accident. <laughs> you just have to wing it. Um, so you need to learn to be flexible. And I like what you said about the leadership part. Um, you should be able to replicate yourself and others. And if you always are coming across as just perfect and memorized and every, you know, T is crossed and every die is audited. Uh, die is audited? <laughs> what? <laughs> Hold on. <laughs> every I is dotted. It kind of can turn some people away. They're like, wow, he has it together. I don't know if I can do that. So. I'm going to name three things that I think are really important that you should have memorized or very clearly understood. You made point of them. One is there should be a point to your story. Yes. Isn't that right? What you said? Yeah. And I would say, or a central truth before you tell a story, is there a central truth you need to communicate? Now you may not say, all right, I don't think this is a good approach to starting to tell a story or speaking in public. This is the central truth. You better get out of these, this story or this presentation. First off, people may hear that and go, okay, I'm done. I got it. All right. Thanks. Okay. You can step off. I'm hungry. Let's go to lunch. Let's go to lunch. So you should have a central truth that you know that's the point you're communicating. That's the why of your story. Why am I telling yeah. this story? I always can go back to this. If I get lost, I'm going back to this why. First off, you should have a solid beginning. Mm -hmm. So truth, beginning, and ending. Yeah. That's the framework 
But I like to allow the Holy Spirit to have some leeway if I need to do something in the middle. So I know why I'm doing what I'm doing. I know how I'm starting. I know how I'm ending. Right. So it is important, you know, there's, there's a difference between memorizing it, but, but having a solid structure. And if you don't have a solid structure, you'll do what in news world they call bury the lead. So if you're just shooting from the hip, which I tend to do sometimes, you'll, your mind will take you to places that aren't relevant to the story. And then you'll bury the lead, which is the main point or the central truth. So a good structure helps you avoid burying the lead. That's good. So I already mentioned, I think this is a good transition to maybe when you're telling a story, something that you don't want to stress, and that's certain personal details. So if you're telling a personal story, like, okay, so I was talking to Mike the other day. Wait, was it Mike or was it Doug? Tim was there too. Okay. Tim. Yeah. Tim. Okay. No one cares if it was Mike, Doug, or Tim for the most part, if they don't know who it was. Yeah. And here's the deal. If anyone's telling a story and they get a detail wrong, do not stop them them. in the middle of the story. Party foul. No, it was, it was in the morning. Right. Who cares? So you don't need to stress over those details and especially those personal details because that will bury the lead. Yeah. That's annoying. When you're telling yeah. a story and someone keeps correcting you on the fine details. Okay. So I was at City Mart. No, you were at Safeway. <laughs> All right. Thank you so much. Yeah, Just something <laughs> I wanted to throw out there. No, it's good. Can you say why it's so important to have a solid beginning or to start off strong? Yeah. Um, and we uh, – so I think uh, – <laughs> um, people are always going to remember – the first thing you say and the last thing you say. And you all, you, you basically have about 10 seconds to capture an audience's attention or a listener, whoever you're talking to. Um, you've got about a 10 second window to really engage and keep their attention, which is why the first thing you say should be important and engaging as well as the last thing you say. Yeah, I'm thinking of some things that are common things people say when they first get on stage that may not be the best things to say. First off, I'm really nervous to be here right now, but people will notice if you're nervous, but a lot of times people don't see that you're nervous and you discredit what you have to say by saying, I'm really yeah. nervous right now. They're like, oh man, this guy must be an amateur. Just let it go. Jump into what you're going to say. Yeah, um, That's true. And I learned this from a book. It's by a was it Joe Walsh? I don't have the book. John Walsh. John Walsh. John Walsh. Uh, it's a great book. It's I can't name it right now. I'll get it ready for the, the art second. Art of storytelling. Okay. He hasn't even read the book, but he knows. That... <laughs> I have no clue what it says. Um, no, but I yeah, appreciate the, the, the art of storytelling. storytelling. It's really good, and yeah. it's how to tell stories from a Christian backing for ministers or people. Uh, so, if you want more information, a lot of what I'm sharing is from that book. But he mentions. That you don't want to say those certain things when you first get up. It's better to be creative, maybe ask a question, just get right to the point. And he says why it's so important to start is because when you get up on the stage, you have the audience's attention just because you're the most active thing in the room. You just walked on stage. What are you going to use with that small amount of time? Don't wing that. Don't wing it. That's why it's always good. You know, Pastor Mark, a lot of times he'll tell a joke or something. You open up the heart. You connect with people's emotions. One of the best ways to do that is with humor. Sometimes people use props. We can talk about that a little bit more in the second part of this, which is going to be more about public speaking, how to get over the fear of public speaking, and like tips, tools of the trade. 
but we'll we'll address that yeah. next episode. Uh, I think this episode is definitely more storytelling heavy. So I just want to get into how are you going to practice telling a story? It's often great if you can. Storytelling is an art best done when people are actually hearing the story. So if you have someone you can tell stories to or a group that you go and tell stories to, that's best. But if you have to do it to a lamp or a mirror, I've done that often. I like talking in front of a mirror. I do it. You might Me go, too. really? But a 100%. lot of communication is nonverbal communication. So I like to look at how am I looking? If I think this yeah. is a great point and I'm not even smiling or if I'm not conveying the energy that's within me externally, then I know my point's not yeah. going to get across very well. Yeah. I also think it, when you're telling a story to people, it's important to embody the characters of the story. So if everything is just said in monotone and you know, you've got a guy and a girl in the story, well, you should embody both characters. Um, it helps people like engage it helps them enter into the story as if they were there this is a great tip if you're going to do that too he said embody both characters how about this tell the story from one character's perspective and then yeah. tell the story from another character's perspective and then step out and tell the story from a narrator's perspective Ooh. even if you're not going to use all those different perspectives in your practicing. storytelling right That's you're going to find new and creative ways to share for each person. And maybe you thought that it would be best to share it from this person's perspective, but as you share it from this other character, you realize it's really powerful telling this story from this yeah. bystander's perspective. Yeah. But you, you're talking about when you're practicing. Or yeah, you start off by telling all three right. perspectives, and then you might choose one Whichever that you want to go powerful. with. It could even or. be a narrator's perspective. Or if you... It helps you gather other information to share in your story. For example, you might you might not have the details of the weather or something looking at it from one person's perspective because they're the main character. But as you move to a side character, you notice other external things that might be really important to add into the story, like noises from different people. Yeah. I, I think of – just imagine a Bible story. Think of the woman with the issue of blood touching Jesus's garment. Mm -hmm. You've told that story so much from a narrator's perspective of Jesus. Now try uh -huh. to tell it as her. Yeah. Or what about another person in the crowd watching it going, right. I touched him. Yeah. What made it different? It might have great points telling it from another person's perspective. That reminds me of a play that I saw at Rama Bible Church. And I think uh, Brittany... Razor helped write this story. I could totally shout be wrong. out to Brittany Razor. Um, and I think it was and I, I want to say chosen. It's probably not chosen, but it was the story of Easter, basically, but told from a different perspective. And it was actually told from the Centurion soldier. Oh, it was called the Choice, and it was a decision that he had to make about his encounter when he told Jesus that his servant was sick. So this story was all about his perspective, about his servant getting healed and the decision that he was needing to make about whether he was going to follow Jesus or not. And it was like so amazing, but it was told from a different perspective. And you know what? Let's be honest. This is a creative way to study the word of God, not just to tell stories again, but you can read the stories in the New Testament of Jesus or from the Old Testament prophets and think of the different characters and what was going on in them and allow the Holy Spirit to bring certain things to light. So I'd encourage you, when you first tell a story, read the story. If it's a written story, if it's something from your own life, you might not have it written down. But if you want to tell a story, read it a couple times and then tell it. 
without the story in front of you, just tell it from memory and then go back to what you read and see what points stood out because the points you tell are going to be the most important aspects of the story to your mind. And then go, are those really the most, most important, important things to share? What do I want to add to that? So what's the difference between the, practicing this and then memorizing something that you said to be So memorizing of? was going, okay, so when I'm describing the girl's red dress, I'm always going to say there were four buttons on the dress. Right. And that's how I do it. Now, if I say three buttons, I'm going to say, I'm sorry, there were actually four buttons on the dress. Right. Because so, you get locked in. I'm free to go, girl in the red dress with the pretty pink flowers all over the dress that she just got last Saturday. You know, if, if you, there might be other things you want to be right. free to go, I'm going to talk about the red dress, but I'm going to be open to sharing a few different things about the red dress. It doesn't always right. have to be that there were four buttons right. on the dress. So the memorization is, is sticking to a very rigid frame rate where you still want to, in, in a sense, memorize what you're doing, but there should be ebbs and flows and room for flexibility. Exactly. So you should still be cautious to know what you're saying um, but don't be so locked into word for word, you know, reciting something perfectly. Yeah. The details aren't super important. The emotions and the feelings that are coming out in the story are going to carry more weight. And you want to make sure there's present feelings and emotions. For example, I remember John Bevere talking about Zacchaeus. Now, Zacchaeus was a tax collector. We don't have a tax collector shop anywhere around us. Right. But he compared him to a mobster. We understand yeah. mobsters. Are we adding those present-day feelings and emotions and connections into our stories, even right. if we're telling a biblical yeah. story? The great uh, Christian storyteller that I used to listen to a lot was a youth pastor named Jordan Boyce. And he, would, he loved doing this. He would take something from the Bible and bring it into present day. And he told the story of the prodigal son and he made a lot of really funny points. Um, you know, you talked about him getting on his moped. He talked about him going to Vegas and spending all his money, um, and just made it very real and relevant. Um, so that's that cliche saying of the method changes, but the message doesn't. So the truth that you're trying to communicate don't change that, but if there's a method in which you can present it that makes it more palatable or understandable, then do it. Right. Jesus told a ton of agricultural stories because mostly everyone was involved yeah. in agriculture. Now that we're not in an agrarian society, if Jesus was around today, he probably wouldn't tell as many agrar oh, agrarian jokes. Agrarian <laughs> jokes. I went with a big word and then I couldn't keep up the momentum with the big word. <laughs> But right, he'd yeah. be talking about what was relevant to yeah. society today. Yeah. Now, does that mean that his stories aren't relevant? No, it just takes us receiving the word and allowing the Holy Spirit to bring it into present day right. circumstances and, and situations. And that's a good practice when it comes to gauging your audience, especially when you're ministering to youth. Um, you would be a fool to just only try and do one method. Um, it's just important to understand who your audience is and trying to connect with them on that on that level in your storytelling. So I want to encourage you, you might go, okay, well, Bible stories, but you had made mention that really these become testimonies and they should be parts of our day. Well, how does that work? Well, I'd encourage you, if it helps you, uh, create a story journal. I don't necessarily do this in a written way, but I try to think about things that happen during my days and my weeks that are either funny, that are either engaging, and see what God has done in those and draw out godly points. I think of our first podcast about green growth and things that we learned on the maintenance team. Those were stories that we captured that we saw God was actually working in. But create a story journal. Document your days and see 
Your days are stories. Are you seeing God in those stories? And I got this from a class on storytelling that I listened to, I think through Audible, but also another powerful book that's on marriage is The Five Love Languages. And I know for guys, often we're not the best at capturing what uh, the feelings, the emotions, and the really juicy details of our day. We like to describe just what happened. If, you know, our wives be like, and it was such a bummer and it was so slow. And like, it made me feel this way. My wife asked me what I did today. And I just tell her like a news report of what happened, (laughs) had a meeting, ate lunch, drove in our side by side to pick up debris on the end of our property, brought it back, got done a little (laughs) late at four 15, not four. That's not exciting. But, uh, the author of the five love languages said, Hey guys, if you want to have better relationship with your wife, Think about how you got to work. Okay, there was traffic. How did that make you feel? What was going on? What were the frustrations in your day? What were the delights of your day? And you can write those stuff, that stuff up and you can make your own stories. And I bet God will be in there if you're looking for him in those stories. Yeah, this might be a little off topic, but I think about like if you've ever been to counseling, they, uh, they provoke a lot of those questions. Because a lot of times something will happen to you and you don't even know what emotions you've experienced until you process that and write it down. And that can even help you heal when it comes to trauma. Um, This is totally not related to the storytelling, but taking the time to process the emotions of what happened to you, how how that made you feel. It's important. I think it's it's completely connected. And I think people aren't aware and aren't equipped to capture the stories of their own lives. Therefore, they do not share the stories of their lives. And listen, you've been very blessed on this podcast by the guests who've come in, who've shared about their own lives. So as we share our stories, we empower others to capture God's stories of what he's doing in their lives and the things they've overcome. And you go, well, I'm not going to be a public speaker. Well, you've been given a ministry of reconciliation to lead people to Jesus, which includes you speaking to people. And sharing Ooh. your story. So as we wrap up this podcast, there's reason because there's a lost world and people need to know what God's yeah. done in your life. So capture what God's done in your life, capture the stories in the Bible and get equipped with how to share those stories because they're powerful. Mm. And God wasn't above stories. No. He used stories. And if he did, we're going to as well. Let's get into the wisdom of the day. Do you have any th- last thoughts? Sometimes I cut him off by saying, let's do the wisdom of the day. It's like, hey, no. I have something more no, to share. No, I, I was getting ready with my wisdom of the day. You knew I was going there, um, didn't you? My you favorite was thing was um, having a structure to your storytelling. So it should have an understood central truth, a solid beginning and a solid ending. And then the rest can be molded in, a, in whatever way that you desire. So it's, again, it's the difference between memorizing something and reciting it word for word, or, but also, or the opposite of that is still taking time um, to develop a solid structure so you can communicate and not bury the lead. Yeah. My wisdom of the day is for people who want to turn this podcast off. Listen, first off, Hooray to you. You didn't. We're over this podcast. You're still listening. (laughs) But you go, I'm not a communicator. I'm not going to be on video announcements. I'm not going to be a preacher. God's called you to lead and communicate to people. And what a story is, is a testimony. And it says this in Revelation. They overcame by the blood of the lamb and the word of their story, their testimony. So listen, your ability to overcome in life to some degree is connected to your ability to tell God's story of what he's doing in your life. So, hey, it's important. Yeah. 
Let's pray really quick and then we'll go. Hey, we're going and then we're going right next week into another episode yeah. on communicating. So you're gonna want to be there. Grandpa's and great orators. Part two. Part two. <laughs> All right, let's pray real quick. Father God, thank you um, for this opportunity that we have each and every week to be able to uh, speak and and help add some value to people's day. Father God, I just pray that anyone who's listening to this would be blessed and you would help them uh, be able to communicate better because um, um, they understand that they do belong or they do they are called to the ministry of reconciliation. So hopefully what we're saying helps them break that down, helps them become um, less nervous and really step into their calling father God. i thank you that we all have the ability the ability to tell good stories and be impactful and meaningful in people's lives uh we praise you we honor you we glorify you in jesus name amen all right well thank you again for your faithful listening hey we've done a lot of challenges for you to leave a rate and a review but how about a podcast share if you're enjoying this share with a friend say hey check out maybe send them your favorite episode so they can enjoy the sewing and growing podcast with j and j and we really enjoy having you and we'll enjoy you listening next week as we drop part two